Hi, welcome to Quid Pros Quo. I'm Zach. And I'm Rin. And today we're continuing our series talking about um, Real Artists Don't Starve by Jeff Goins. Today we're going to hit three more attributes of the thriving artist. If you haven't already listened to episode one, um, you can still listen to this episode without going back and listening to, to that one. Um, but you should go back to get the complete picture. Yeah, we want, you want you to have the whole experience. So the next attribute of the thriving artist is that you always, the thriving artist always works for something. And basically this means don't give your work away for free. Yeah. So there are lots of different iterations of don't give your work away for free. Up to the, you know, up to the very, you know, kind of obvious where it's like you don't want to sell your, you know, you don't want to sell your book for, for nothing. Um, to maybe some of the the less obvious, which is you don't want to submit to non-paying um, journals. There's, uh, you know, there's this feeling out there thinking that you got to pay your dues inside of the non-paying markets, inside of the non-paying markets first, but that's not true. Um, it used to be the case where you needed to get some chops inside of the inside of the short story market in order to land a in order to land a book deal. That is no longer the case. You can go straight for a book deal without ever having published a short story. Um, and in the same way, when you are sharing your work, there's a difference in between you know sharing with your beta readers, and you're not going to charge them to read your work because they're doing you a service. Yes. Um, and you will probably give them free copies when it is all put together as a thank you for their service rather than paying them. However, that's kind of like the exception to the rule, whereas everybody else should pay for it. Um, I have two kind of two kind of experiences with this. The first one was when I published my first short story, where I was sharing it inside of a group of people. There was a we put up a QR code where they could go and they could they could find it on Amazon to purchase. And just for context, this short story was three dollars. Okay, three dollars. And uh, one of the people, this is one of my coworkers, turns to me and is like, well, can't you just give it to me? And I said, well, can't you just teach your labs for free? Like, it's the same sort of thing. We wouldn't expect the dentist to fill in your cavity for free. So why would you, why would you allow other people to expect you to give them your, your hard work for free? Yeah, that makes total sense. Do you have any do you have any tips or tricks for how to like tactfully handle the well why don't you just give it away for free kind of thing? I generally say along those lines like I worked really hard on it and it's something that I'm like looking to turn into my full-time job. Mm -hmm. And it's like I use like a similar metaphor I'm like, well, you wouldn't like do your job for free, would you? Right. Um and also Sometimes I get a little snarky and I go into, if you're paying me an hourly wage. <laughs> <laughs> For this book, it would be astronomical. Exactly. Like, generally, artists are, like, the lowest by hour. Like, mm -hmm. if you look at what they're selling on Etsy, which is already, like, already outrageously expensive, like, it's probably not even close to, like, the labor costs of what it took to make it. I can't make you pay full labor price for this because it's just so expensive. Right. If you were to take, you know, 50 hours times, you know, $14 an hour right. just as like a, you know, a starting point. Like, same thing with like your books. Like, 
you can just tell them they are already getting the amount of incredibly discounted price. Yeah, that's a good. That's a yeah. good. That's I like snarky, that. So it depends on how snarky you want to be. Um, generally, I'm pretty nice. Every once in a while, when someone is like really pushing, they're like, "Oh, why won't you just give me a free copy? Why don't you just give me a free copy?" I'm like. I spent three years on this book, and I'm not giving it away for free because you have done nothing to merit it. Like I gave it, like I gave my beta readers free copies. I gave some family free copies, but like I, it's a product. It's a product, exactly. Yeah. And you should sell your product and your services as well, because something I'm kind of trying to do. I should probably put more effort into if I want to be successful. But I'm kind of trying to set myself as a writing consultant mm-hmm. uh, where people can come to me and, like, get help with, like, world building or stuff because I am really good at world building with my background in the sciences. Mm-hmm. So I'm, like, and I'm just really good at researching, like, knowing what you need to research to figure out, like, all these things. And I, like, got this idea when I was at a writing conference. But I'm, like, I don't know how to make people pay me for this because, mm-hmm. like... I would love to do it as just a favor to a friend, but also I'm in this idea of, like, don't sell your services for free, like... Yeah, for sure. So, it's a, it's a balance you strike. If you know them well, you might do it for free. If, like, you know the favor's going to be reciprocated, but if you don't know them, you should probably be charging. No, for sure. I mean, it, it's pretty common that you'll find uh, a circle of writers, your, you know, your writing buddies, and you'll probably critique each other's work for free. Yeah. But if you're just talking about, you know, some Joe Schmo that contacts you through your email, yeah, that guy should be paying. Yes, absolutely. Um, the other thing that I wanted to point out for this, uh, you know, working for something is that when I was in economics um, a couple of a couple of months ago, I was uh, this was the kind of class where you showed up having done the reading and then you learned nothing during the lecture because it was just everything that was in the reading. Um, so I was normally not paying attention, but I still showed up because there were attendance quizzes. Yeah. And uh, we started talking about producer theory and my ears kind of perked up and I'm like, oh, producer theory. I, that's important to me. Um, and uh, we started talking about, uh, you know, opportunity cost and thinking about the marginal cost of production and that sort of thing. And so in my usual nerdy way, I decided to blow it way out of proportion. And I started making a spreadsheet where I looked at the the opportunity cost of selling my selling my short stories versus submitting them to to journals. And what I was looking at is I was looking at, okay, this is the chance that it's accepted. This is how much that they pay. And then I have to divide that by the number of months that they are, you know, that's going to take for them to publish it because I could, instead of publishing it through here, publish it to my patrons who already pay me or to my patrons who already pay me monthly. And we are going to get to patrons. I know you really want to talk about them, but and we're going to talk about them just in our next episode. Um and what I found was that submitting to these journals, even though they were paying, was a net loss based off of my opportunity cost. And it was that economic analysis that eventually led to me deciding, you know what, I'm not going to keep submitting to short story publications because I already have, because the opportunity cost is too high for me. Yes. The situation might be different for, for each of you, our listeners, um, but... 
depending on your depending on what your opportunity cost is, you want to uh, position your your products um, in such a way that you're going to be able to to make money. Yeah, that makes sense. And you also, even if it's not money, time is another like expense. Mm-hmm. So like for me, I hate the idea of submitting to like short story magazines. So like the time and effort cost is just way too high for me. So I'm like, I just don't publish all my short stories. Yeah, and so, so it's another an, thing to take into account. Right. There's you can also factor in like the publicity or whatever, and it's like, well, you know. It's kind of up to you who reads short stories, like who reads the short story magazines, um, probably other writers, which, you know, if that's your your target market, go for it. Um, I will will put a link to the article that I wrote that broke down this uh, um, that broke down this cost for you inside of the show notes. So if you are interested, you can go and look at it and look at how I went through and calculated out that cost for myself. The next principle is the thriving artist practices in public. And this is something we've talked about on the show before. Like, we want to practice in public so we can get our work out there and, like, get feedback faster, all that good stuff. Yeah, so some examples of of practicing in public are things like when we talked about, um, when we talked about microfiction. We talked about how microfiction is a great way of practicing in public um, because what you can do in what I have done is uh, I have practiced writing microfiction on Twitter and just sending it out into the void that is that is Twitter. Um, and it kind of shows what my style is, what's important to me, who I am as a writer. So people can see that and say, oh, I want to I want to follow him or I want to read more of read more of this guy. So. Microfiction is an example, since microfiction is kind of hard to monetize. It can be an example of um, practicing in public. Another one is, you know, soliciting beta readers, whether that be on your, you know, your your subreddits or your writing forums or inside of your own social circle. Those are that's also a way of practicing in in public. And is uh, another thing that you can do is that you can practice pitching your idea to to somebody else. Um, this was actually something that I did as a senior in high school where I was thinking, okay, National Novel Writing Month is coming up and I have to decide what project I'm going to be oh, yeah. working on. And so what I did is that I made an elevator pitch, which if you're not aware of what an elevator pitch is, it's a you know, a 30-second explanation of what the book is about. Um, so I made elevator pitches for the different kinds, for the different stories that I was thinking about working on. And while I was at cross country camp, I went around and I said, "Hey, could you uh, could you help me, you know, decide on what project I'm going to work on?" And I told them the elevator pitch for each of the for each of the projects, and then I noted down which one they said was the most interesting. And when I got to the end, one of them had won by far over the other ones, and so that was the one that I decided to that I decided to work on. And it's the book that I'm currently in the process of querying. Oh, very cool. Um, so pitching to others is another good example of it going up to friends or if you're really brave strangers and being like, hey, I am a writer and I'm trying to get ideas or I'm trying to practice putting ideas together and communicating my ideas. Would you be willing to listen to a pitch and tell me if it's good or not? Yes. And also writing pitches is such a great way to like practice like book blurbs. Yes. Which is something that people struggle with a lot. Like yeah. we did our book blurb episode probably weeks and weeks ago at this point. Yes. 
Uh, but that's a really great way to practice in public for something that will eventually be on the back of your book and it will be very important. Yep. The third principle is a thriving artist collaborates with others. Um, and we are going to talk about beta readers. I want to talk about writing groups. Yeah. I think it was even earlier in this episode where you're like, you will get with your writer friends and critique each other. Yeah. Like, and we've done a writing group episode before Zach joined the show. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I love my writing group. It has been one of the things that's been so instrumental in me, like making progress and making progress quickly, which is important to me because I get bored of there's <laughs> not visible progress. Yeah. Um, but we collaborate with each other. I read, we meet roughly every two weeks. We read a chapter of each other's work and then we all critique it and we like all upload our notes to the Google Drive so people can have them later. And it's just like one of the best ways I found to collaborate with other artists and then also this podcast is like we're collaborating for mutual benefit and for fun. And it's just like, it makes the process a lot more enjoyable, I find. Yeah, for sure. I think one of the most, I'll take a minute to talk about uh, beta readers. Where if you want an in-depth discussion of beta readers, you should go back a couple episodes and listen to the to our extended discussion about beta and sensitivity readers. But I think one of the more unique situations that I've had for a uh, for opportunities for collaboration was that one of my coworkers found out that I was a writer and was like, oh. We, you know, we should talk because I, you know, I have all of these ideas and I, you know, I would really like to, you know, like to develop them a little bit more. And normally you're like, okay, yeah, right. Um, But just on a whim, I decided to follow through and ask, like, you know, what are the sorts of things that sorts of things that you're thinking about? And our conversation led to my latest short story project, um, which is about a which is about a computer virus which can erase your memories. Mm-hmm. And the impetus for that was actually a collaboration with somebody who is not a writer, who was, you know, thinking about and imagining possibilities for technology that is currently in development. Yeah, that is super cool. Another example that I have is that there was one time that I was kind of lurking inside of Reddit and I came across this suggestion of putting together a like a shared world where we could write different stories inside of the inside of the shared world where it's Mm -hmm. like we're going to make our own version of the, you know, the Marvel Cinematic Universe or the Star Wars Cinematic Universe or the Harry Potter Cinematic Universe. But we're all going to be writing inside of the same same universe kind of thing. Oh, that's super cool. Um, It was definitely an interesting it was an interesting experience working with other people and seeing what kind of ideas were out there. Um, not sure, again, if it's going to go anywhere just because collaboration is so it's so difficult when you're yeah. not present in person with the person. Yes. Um, but there are lots of different ways that you can collaborate with people and ways that you can collaborate to make exciting and uh, commercially feasible art, which is... Uh, important to be able to continue making art not because commercially feasible art is worth more than non-commercially feasible art yes absolutely also i would just like to say as a final note that i think collaboration is super fun it brings like it breathes life into your art mm-hmm. like because you can sometimes you get like so stuck in writer's block which we talked about it in the war of art it's like not realist resistance but you get like so stuck in resistance that you can't 
do anything else besides mm-hmm. like what you already know mm-hmm. and if you like bring in a collaborator or just like go use a friend as a sounding board mm-hmm. you can like get out of that resistance and like be more creative yeah sometimes beta readers will do the same thing where okay. they'll mention like you know i think this could be better if this happened or you know what if this sort of thing where sometimes those are just off the wall and you're like ah, that would never work but sometimes you're like mm, maybe i oh, could make that work idea. yeah yeah absolutely do you have any other final notes for our second episode of the real audio film star i think that's it for me awesome well thank you so much for listening to quick post quote we will see you next week <laughs>